gets thrown around very freely and loosely in today's society. Satanists, blood pacts, cult films, cult music, cult books, pyramid schemes and multi-level marketing schemes, secret handshakes and fanatical religious sects living in their own jungle communes. They've existed in every country for thousands of years. But we very rarely interrogate what it actually means for an organisation to be a cult. Welcome to Square Mile of Murder. I'm Kat. I'm Taylor. And uh, this coming month of June, we're diving into the murky world of cults. But today, we decided to do things a little bit differently. Because why not? So this week, we're going to explore the idea of what a cult actually is and possibly isn't and go through the definition of that. And then for the rest of the month, we're going to talk about a specific cult uh, in each episode. So is it five separate? Yes, because we've got five Wednesdays in June. Yes, June is just you chock lucky, full of Wednesdays. Yeah, you lucky, lucky people, you get five Wednesdays. Yeah, so you get five cults, which you may not feel lucky after hearing about all these, but <laughs> too bad you're getting them. Unfortunately, nobody responded to our request on our Instagram stories um, about cults they wanted to hear about. So um, we're just going to talk about what we want to talk about. <laughs> so we picked some that we think will be interesting and that like maybe aren't as well known or are maybe some that are kind of like topical or newer. So hopefully we won't be like treading old ground, but uh, yeah, we've picked ones that we find interesting. So to start with, let's go right back to basics with the dictionary definition of a cult. So according to the Oxford Languages Dictionary, there are two definitions of a cult. That is a cult, not the occult, occult, because I'm aware that, especially with my accent, they both sound quite similar. <laughs> well, that's just, just like a fun bonus. Yeah. You get to guess which version it is. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. So the two definitions are, number one, a system of religious veneration and uh, devotion directed towards a particular figure or object. And number two, a person or thing that is popular or fashionable among a particular group or section of society. So the second definition kind of explains the idea of a cult film or TV shows, books. You know, an example of that here right now would be the TV show Line of Duty, um, which in the UK, like 90% of the population is obsessed with. Uh, the latest series of which finished at the beginning of this month and everyone is still like dissecting every little detail of the finale and totally losing their shit over it. Yeah. Like uh, what? what's another TV show that always gets called like a cult favorite, like uh, Firefly uh, or something like that? Uh, Breaking Bad. Break Spitzy, I feel like that's not a cult classic because it's too well known, like too widely regarded. <laughs> See, I think the, the thing with Breaking Bad because it wasn't as big here. Oh, okay. So it was like a cult thing. Um, let's see. What are some other uh pulp fiction? Yeah. Is usually classed as a, a cult, a cult classic. Yeah. Yeah. I love pulp fiction, so. Yeah, that's a good example of that. Um, uh, like Rocky Horror Picture Show for a long time. Yeah. 
stuff like that. Although it's... I feel like that because drag has become much more mainstream and because conversations around gender identity and transgender issues are becoming more and more um, mainstream. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's gone from less cult and it's becoming more mainstream again. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think in for a long time it was considered like a cult classic because you, you know, they had all the midnight screenings and it, it was very much like there was a community of fans around it kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely more popular. But I think you've like hit it on the head. It's it's a community aspect. That's it's it's not necessarily like this huge big production that everyone's obsessed with, but it's yeah. got like a community around it. A very like passionate and devoted community, which yeah. uh, devoted what in that first venerate yeah. venerate and and are devoted to and not a figure but this piece of content yeah. or something for sure and that idea of like like a community around like a cult piece of media has obviously changed with the internet age as well oh, yeah for sure however this first definition really oversimplifies the idea of a cult mm-hmm. excluding sort of many organizations that we think of as being a cult and it's pretty much the same as like a religious sect or an offshoot, which we'll move on to in a minute. It satisfies the idea of religious cults such as, you know, the very, very, very infamous People's Temple led by the Reverend Jim Jones, which when it was founded was kind of based on Christian teachings. Mm-hmm. And even the Branch Davidians, which we're going to talk about a little bit more later, was started as an offshoot of the Adventist Christian movement. Mm -hmm. But, on the other hand, it can also be twisted to class like different denominations of religion. For example, like the head of the Church of England is actually the monarch. Mm -hmm. Um, And Protestant... I'm going to very, very oversimplify this, but Protestantism came about during the Tudor period when uh, King Henry VIII, King of England broke away from the catholic church so he could divorce his wife yeah because she didn't give him a son only a daughter and he wasn't happy yeah because he was a pig and yeah so the head of the catholic church is the pope both are christians both are well established they worship god and jesus as the prophet but as a breakaway the church of england from the catholic church could we twist this definition and categorize the church of england as a cult Mm-hmm. using this Oxford Dictionary definition. And this is where it gets very, very murky and very dangerous. So that definition excludes one of the most well-known, quote-unquote, secret societies that many people do consider to be a cult, and that uh, that's the Masons. So <laughs> although some claim the Masons go back all the way to the beginning of Christian history and they claim that uh, Adam was supposedly the first ever Mason. Sure. In fact, the Masons as an organization date back to the 14th century, so not quite the sort of 6,000 years back to all of creation. Uh, and it, the organization was born out of a fraternity of stonemasons, but people call it a cult. So one of the other problems with this kind of sort of more basic understanding of what a cult is, is that it doesn't make space to differentiate between cults and sex, sex, 
Okay, I can't say this word properly. I'm just going to put... Sects. Yeah, I can't say the T. So I'm going to put that out there. I'm not saying sex like copulation. I'm saying sect like religion. Or not, as the case may be. So um, a sect is described as one, a group of people with somewhat different religious beliefs, typically regarded as heretical from those of a larger group to which they belong. And two, or possibly or two, uh, a philosophical or political group, especially one regarded as extreme or dangerous. Uh, based on these definitions, the groups that we tend to call cults actually more closely fit the definition of a sect rather than a cult. Uh, the first definition regarding a group that has splintered off from an organization Organized religion could be used to describe some religious cults, but could also be used to describe like pretty much every schism and resulting branching off of a religion, which we wouldn't really think of as a cult, like, you know, Orthodox Christianity or varying different branches of Protestantism. But the second definition of a sect as a philosophical or political group typically regarded as extreme and or dangerous seems to more accurately describe what we think of as a cult in the modern sense. By their dictionary definitions, the word sect seems to have much more negative connotations than cults, which clearly is opposite to like the general understanding yeah. connotation. I find that like just so interesting that what I, if I think of a cult, I think of that second sect yes, definition. Exactly, it's like opposite. A, a group based around a, a kind of ideology, with be it philosophical, political, religious, and a typically, you know, extreme, possibly dangerous. That is what I think of when I think of a cult. Yeah, me too. So that is interesting. However. Uh, when we look at these two terms, not just in like the dictionary definitions, but also in like a sociological context, because we are smart people sometimes. But only sometimes. Yeah. The two terms are again understood in a different way. According to the website Sociology Group, sects are smaller groups, often offshoots of a larger group. Though this doesn't have to be an organized religion, it could be a political it could be a particular political or economic ideology, such as capitalism or communism, self-help, even like multi-level marketing schemes can be understood in this way mm. because they've broken off from something bigger. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the overarching ideology of pyramid schemes and multi-level marketing schemes is work from home, do very little, earn shit tons of money. Yeah. That is, is the central the central principle. Yeah. We'll see why that doesn't work in a few weeks. <laughs> uh, whereas a cult, on the other hand, refers to the devotion of a person, thing, or idea. But no matter what this thing is that cult members are devoted to, be it a god, a destination, a state of being, such as like heaven or nirvana, there's always a central figure who will lead the cult to this thing to which they are devoted. No matter how extreme or totally batshit insane this thing is and the things they have to do to get there are. Yeah. 
So the article in Sociology Group, which is linked in the show notes, ultimately concludes that, quote, a sect is a branch that arises out of a religion, while a cult is an organisation of people who aren't associated with religion, while the members of a sect lead normal lives in the mainstream society, members of a cult live away from those who don't believe in the cult. Later add in that sects have been accepted by governments, but cults aren't. Hmm. Um, and the two terms are, of course, debated by scholars and the general public alike, and some aspects of a sect may also apply to a cult and vice versa, but this is the understanding we're using to inform our discussions going forward. Yeah, and we're going to have to try to remember all this information <laughs> as we yep. write the next episodes. <laughs> um, uh, we should also point out that scholars currently tend to prefer to use the term new religious movement or NRM as opposed to cult or sect when talking about religious schisms and offshoots. Now, one of the most important aspects of this understanding of what a cult is, uh, at least to us, is the fact that cults tend to be incredibly isolated from mainstream society compared to sects whose members live fairly normally among the rest of us. Sects, by this understanding, have some connection to an organization or religion, no matter how tenuous that link may be, um, and therefore there's usually some defined leadership, accountability, other sects or branches of the overall group to, say, denounce them if things become too extreme, um, police and social services are there to protect members and their children if something go wrong. In theory, although funding cuts often mean that that's, that doesn't always happen, but theoretically. Yeah. So cults, on the other hand, are isolated, uh, and at best they live on the fringes of society. At worst, they are completely disconnected from everyone else. And this disconnection is vital for the cult's leader to first exert and then maintain control over the lives of their followers. The cult leader is, as we all know, a very charming and charismatic figure. Usually a man, but not always. I mean, this is probably one of the only situations where not all men <laughs> is appropriate. Uh, and whilst it is essential, this, you know, charming charismatic personality is essential for attracting people to the, their cause or school of thought the charm and charisma alone is not enough for them to exert like complete control and power over their followers because it's very easy for us to look at the actions of an infamous cult such as jim jones's people's temple and wonder how a man managed to convince almost a thousand people to move from their safe relatively normal lives in california to a jungle commune in Guyana and ultimately kill themselves and, in some cases, their own children. Yeah. We're not going into too much detail on Jim Jones himself, all the people's temple and the commune, commune and everything in Guyana, because it's being covered extensively by podcast books, TV shows, films, everything. Yeah. But it is a good way to demonstrate the way people kind of get drawn in or sucked into these cults for lack of a better phrase. So Jim Jones began his preaching career as a recruiter for a Methodist mission, eventually becoming a preacher, although he was not ordained by the church. And to recruit anyone into anything, whether it's a religious movement or just buying something from a pop-up stall in a shopping mall, 
You have to be able to talk to people to quickly work out what makes them tick and use that to convince them to buy whatever you're selling. I would make a terrible cult leader. I don't like talking to people. Same. <laughs> it's like all these jobs now that are advertised as like marketing assistant and it's all sales. brand executive and stuff. And it is literally those jobs. It's going and like on these pop-up stalls in shopping malls and trying to con people into taking out like really dodgy credit cards. Yeah, and shit like Expensive that. like internet packages and stuff. And I'm like, I couldn't do that anyway because I hate those people. Yeah. Like my first job in college one summer was i worked for cirque du soleil as a merchandise salesperson at their hartford mm. show and there were three positions that we rotated in and out of throughout our various shifts one was like cash register floor sales kind of thing one mm -hmm. was you went around the audience in intermission offering to sell people like the CDs of the soundtrack of the show. <laughs> the third was Hawker, where you stood at the front of the tent as people came in and tried to mm. sell, like yell and sell basically the, <laughs> the, the soundtracks and the t-shirts and shit. And I just died inside when I was on that position because it's just like i don't it's like hey you want this no okay yeah goodbye i nah, that wouldn't work for me it's horrifying so most people our age at least associate the 60s with like the hippie movement free love flower power and all that but the reality was a lot different especially in the u.s so when i say people our age i mean british people <laughs> <laughs> you might have a different view on this yeah i mean I don't think I'm a good judge because I was very interested in the 60s as a historical time period starting from like a very young age and I took yeah. multiple classes throughout my uh, educational <laughs> career starting in high school about the 1960s so yeah but like as a kind of like popular culture idea of the 60s. Yeah, I think like people uh, I think people think of it as like the birth of rock or pop music plus like hippies and free love. Mm -hmm. And then giving way to like the rough and radical 70s. Yeah. But the reality was a lot lot different as you just said, especially in the US. Though the civil rights movement was supposedly coming to an end in the 60s, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, racism was and is still absolutely rampant, widespread, and not hidden away behind a white hood anymore. Yeah, Segregation technically ended in the 50s, um, but that didn't mean that white people wanted to integrate. Black, black kids had to be escorted by the National Fucking Guard to their schools because white people were so racist and opposed to segregation. Yeah. It was still a very horrible time, really. It was a very fraught time. Like, very, like, tense, I think. Mm. There's a lot of things changing and a lot riding on those things going one way or the other. Yeah. 
things were crazy. So also, you know, the ever impending threat of nuclear war and Cuban missile crises and assassinations and everything's fine, you know. Anyway, so Jim Jones sort of hit upon this very pivotal pivotal moment in time when he began to develop his own church in the late 1950s and early 60s, which would eventually become the People's Temple. And one of the principles of this church, perhaps cult, cult was that everyone was welcome regardless of race. And that really became a selling point of the cult, which obviously didn't market itself as a cult. And obviously it's not as simple as like saying, hey, look over here. We're a church that welcomes everyone regardless of their race. But once people were interested and were drawn in uh, and became more and more dedicated to Jones and his teachings, once they saw him perform quote-unquote miracles, the leader was able to separate them from the rest of society and sort of create this us-against-them atmosphere. Uh, Jim Jones was actually known to have studied an older spiritual leader named Father Divine, who combined religion with social justice and civil rights and presented a face of unity. Debate has continued for more than 60 years about whether or not Father Divine was a cult leader or simply a preacher and a spiritual leader. Another fine young fellow to, to take advantage of this, this time period was Charles Manson. Yay. Mm -hmm. So Manson was able to use the sort of powder keg of 1960s racial tension to his advantage. But instead of growing his quote unquote family under the guise of inclusivity and welcoming people of all races, y'all know where this is going. Manson spoke of an impending race war that he called Helter Skelter based on some sort of fucking wacky bizarre interpretation of the Beatles song of the same name, which is literally about a slide. So. <laughs> so, that kind of brings us to the second of four dimensions, which are universal across all cults, according to an article by Tennessee State University, uh, and that is a transcendent belief system. Now, while this phrase usually means a religious belief system, which includes faith in deities and an afterlife to which we transcend after we die, when it comes to cults, it can take on a, a much more simplistic meaning. At its most basic, transcendent just means beyond or above the range of normal or physical human experience. That's it. Um, so it can literally mean going on an acid trip. That, when you break it down to how simplistic it is, it can literally be, like, drugs, it can be a near-death experience, mm -hmm. it can be a life after death, there's a whole range of things it can mean. In examples of cults and even religious sects, their leader is able to maintain control over their followers through the promise of some kind of transcendent experience or knowledge. It could be the secrets of the universe or what happens after death. 
It could be life in like a utopian paradise after the world has ended. Pretty much all the things that we mere mortals can never know the truth about. And therefore, can never prove a cult leader is wrong. Mm. Uh-huh. Only the leader is currently able to understand this transcendent knowledge or experience. But if the followers stick with him, because it's usually a him, do as they're told, they will eventually be able to experience this this transcendence as well. Uh-huh. And this is a principle of like a lot of so-called doomsday cults. And these cults believe in an impending apocalypse. Uh, they can take on many forms. Some are preppers. Some are very sort of militant or militarian, mm-hmm. I think is the word. Uh, stockpiling like ammunition, preparing for like this great war um, that's going to happen when the world ends. Others build bunkers underground to survive uh, like nuclear fallout with like enough food and provisions to wait out the chaos and emerge victorious and take over the world. A bit like Switzerland during the Second World War. <laughs> yeah. So, impending Armageddon was one of the central beliefs of the Branch Davidians, the cult, or religious sect, as they are also known, who were at the center of the Waco siege between uh, the cult and the ATF, FBI, U.S. Army, Texas Rangers, and Alabama National Guard. And this, this standoff or siege lasted 51 days in 1993. Uh, followers of leader David Koresh sold almost all of their worldly possessions, and after building up a stockpile of weapons, ammunition, and food, the group planned to wait for the end of the world in their Texas compound named Mount Carmel after the mountain in Israel uh, mentioned in the Old Testament. Now, obviously, things didn't go exactly as they planned, and the rest is, as they say, history, which... Are we, we're not going to do a standalone episode about them, are we? No, because no. it's being covered, like, it's like the People's Temple, it's being covered so much. Yeah, it's it's also, yeah. I mean, especially because for over a month, this was something that was like, on the news every day in 1993, I think it's very forefront people's ideas of what a cult is it's a very modern yeah like well i guess not that modern anymore but like no but it was sort of an, a modern phenomenon in the way that doomsday cults are now reported yeah because they're never really being reported in this way before where it was like a constant news cycle yes, yeah because it was literally happening yeah that like obviously People's Temple was was a big media thing. So was Charles Manson. Yeah, but but not in the same way. Yeah, like it it, it the the infrastructure to cover something like that as it happened in real time didn't exist in the sixties, didn't exist in the seventies, and so for all of this to basically unfold on live television was a, a huge huge thing. Yeah. Um. So the third dimension of what makes a cult a cult, according to the Tennessee State University article, uh, is systems of control. As we mentioned before, a key component of cults is isolation as a means of control, or to give it its proper name, isolation to facilitate abuse, 
which is not exclusive to cults. It's also common in abusive relationships, child abuse, elder abuse, and even like workplace bullying. By isolating the victims or followers, the abuser exerts control over them, cutting off their connections to the outside world, to people who might help them escape, or people who might challenge the leaders preaching prophecies or stories and help followers leave by showing them reality as opposed to the cult's constructed view of the world. And many cults also prohibit all forms of media that do not conform to the cult's worldview. The words brainwashing and mind control are frequently thrown about when talking about cults, because people on the outside often think that followers have to have been brainwashed, because why else would, you know, seemingly normal, educated, well-rounded people get drawn into cults? Yeah. But this brainwashing isn't usually the, like, clockwork orange type of brainwashing, or, like, prisoner of war um, brainwashing where a person is, you know, tied up and relentlessly subjected to propaganda until they believe it, like, no questions asked, or, you know, are tortured in, like, a POW camp until they have defected to the other side. Mm -hmm. This kind of, of brainwashing in cults is usually achieved through like slowly drip feeding followers these ideas in like small palatable portions. Like you wouldn't just tell someone that the world is being run by lizard people who live in the sewers, under our cities, feed on children, and are taking over the bodies of the living to carry out their nefarious plans. Because it sounds batshit. Yeah. But if you start by just floating the idea that our governments are corrupt, you know, only serving the needs of the wealthy or a secret organisation, because we all know about the Masons and the corruption, especially in law enforcement in this country. So with this kind of knowledge, it's not an outlandish argument to suggest that governments are corrupt and serving wealthy secret societies. And once you've got someone believing that and you isolate them from the rest of society... There's no one to challenge the leader's views on a race of lizard people ruling the world from their underground lair. And it's much easier to convince a person that you're telling the truth. Yeah. And also people, there's like, it's like a peer pressure thing as well. People will conform. Yes. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like, I think there's a lot of like shame being used as, as a type of brainwashing because it's like well oh my god did you hear about like johnny he said he doesn't believe that the world is run by lizard people like how embarrassing is that for him like he's not enlightened yeah. enough it's like oh no wait okay yeah. it's definitely lizard people i don't want to i don't want to be like the odd yeah. one out kind of thing yeah there's um there's a program on it's on uk netflix i've linked it in the show notes but it takes you to the youtube page because it's also on Netflix's YouTube, which I didn't know was a thing. Oh, cool. Um, and it's it's by Vox, and it's I think the series is just called Explained. Oh, yes. So this is Cults Explained. I love Vox's Explained series. Yeah, and in the Cults episode, they talk, they show this experiment, and it's like a group of people. There's like six people sat in a row at sat like a row of tables, and they're looking at uh, a whiteboard. All except one person is in on the experiment. And there's two there's like a line on the board and then there's three lines on the other side of the board. And it's so which of the three lines that are together is equal to is equal in length to the one on the left. Uh -huh. 
So the answer is number one. Mm -hmm. But everyone starts saying number two. So when it gets to the person who's not in on the experiment, they kind of look confused and then they say two as well. Uh huh. And it's something like 75% of people in these experiments, like, conformed. Yeah. And gave the wrong answer because everyone else yeah, did. Yeah, because it's like, well, if everyone else is seeing that this line is the same length as that other line and I'm not seeing it, I must be the crazy must, one. Yeah. And, and that's, that's how cults work. Yeah. And we must obviously not forget that conspiracy theories and cults go hand in hand. Like two buddies skipping through the flowers. Yeah. So it's not just brainwashing and isolation that are used to indoctrinate and exploit followers and keep them under control. There are, of course, many, many, many different methods that cult leaders use to keep their flock under control um, uh, and that are beneficial to them. And we're not going to go into all of them in detail because we don't want this raw file to be four hours long, but we'll, we'll talk about a few of them. So once the charismatic leader has drawn in the individual or family or even group of friends, there might be some sort of loyalty test or initiation ceremony. Perhaps the most famous of these is the Masons who have to roll up a trouser leg bear a part of the chest, be blindfolded, and answer certain questions in order to be allowed into the lodge. That always amuses me, and because you have to be blindfolded, and I think you get slapped on the ass and things like that. I'm sure, I mean, it's too. all very, like, frat house, like, bullshit. Yeah. Which some some might say Greek culture uh, in universities and colleges, mm -hmm. pretty cult-like. I say I have no real sort of understanding of how this all works, because... I only really know it from TV shows and films. But yeah, I guess there is like a cultish kind of atmosphere to it because it's always like, oh, well, if you're in this um, fraternity or this sorority, like it can help you get a job when you're older. And yeah. You are connected, connected essentially. Yeah. And it, I think it's also, especially for the more unsavory aspects of things like fraternities and like parties and and hazing rituals like there's a very much a a culture of silence and like secret keeping and well if yeah. you talk about this or if you rat us out like you've betrayed us you can't be part of the group anymore you'll be shunned like so it, it yeah it's like you get to leave after four years but for that period of time <laughs> But it's it's how much of your soul do you have to sell during those? Oh, exactly. Years? Yeah. So, yeah, like there, and that's the thing about cults, which is interesting, is like there are levels of this in nearly every aspect of modern society. It's just the lengths that it goes to and the extremes that it mm. does or doesn't reach. Yeah. So, something to think about. Yeah. Um. But not all cults have sort of these initiation ceremonies, uh, but they do all have ways of indoctrinating people. As most cults are protected by religious freedom laws and have virtually no authority to hold them to account, they're free to exploit their followers, and many start by financially exploiting them. So to be allowed to join a cult and move on to their commune or move into their, you know, house like move into town with with them or whatever it may be 
Um, new members often have to sell pretty much all of their worldly possessions and hand over that money to the cult leader under the guise of it being used to sustain the group and definitely not to buy the leader big houses or fancy cars or private jets or jewels and all sorts of things. Yeah. Definitely not. No. Uh, Why would you even think that? Definitely not. What's the one? Um, the Joel Osteen. Oh. <laughs> Is it Osteen with the mega church and the private jets? And <laughs> That's one. I was thinking of the... Um, the one in Oregon, uh, the the Rajneesh, Rajneesh yeah, what, with his like hundred thousand dollar Mercedes or something. Yeah, and he had, didn't he have like a fleet of Rolls Royces? Yes, and that's Bentleys and stuff. I mean, if I ever become a cult leader, I'm spending it all on cars. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, but yeah, I think a hundred cars that are all the same is a little bit excessive and also boring. Like at least mix mm. it up. So that when you yeah. roll into town and scare the locals, you're you're not scaring them, but also boring them. You're just scaring them. Um, if you have no idea what we're <laughs> rambling about, go watch. Is it Wild 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 Wild, Wild Country? Wild Wild Country, I think on Netflix. Yeah. It's worth a watch. They're- it's it's so fucking out there. So as you might imagine, once you have no money, it becomes in uh, incredibly and exponentially more difficult to leave a cult especially if you have a roof over your head and food provided for you within that cult. So people don't like to admit they've been scammed and are less likely to reach out for help. Plus, they will have been isolated from family and friends, so it's difficult for those trapped in cults to reach out to their loved ones. It's it's very similar to like um, financial control in an abusive relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So if they do somehow physically leave, you know, the commune or or wherever the the home base of the cult with no money and no loved ones to help them, uh, they'll often struggle to find somewhere to live and get their life back on track. If they do have some money hidden away, uh, former cult members might still struggle to find housing or a job because being off the grid for a period of time uh, could ruin their credit rating you've got a usually a gap in your employment history like all these myriads of things that society looks at to say okay you are you are you know a functioning member of the world and you can have this job or you can rent this apartment like if you've been living on a farm and god knows where yeah and that that's the thing that people don't really think about like we we think about like the emotional and the psychological impacts of being in a cult, but we, it's never as simple as just being, okay, well, you can get out here some money. Yes. Go get your life back on track. It's never that simple. Yeah. And also, like, if you think about cults that have gone on long enough for like children to be raised in them, like, who yeah. knows what kind of education these children have gotten who knows if they're even taught to read or you know like so it's not as simple as just saying well you got out now go live in the world it's like you got out you have to learn the world yeah because it's the the education all right maybe they are taught to like read and write and things like that but they will not be taught to think critically yeah exactly like it, it which 
can also be seen in other instances, like, say, authoritarian governments, dictatorships yeah. kind of things. North Korea comes to mind. Um, mm -hmm. But, like, there, there are, again, like, so many levels of control, so many then barriers to re-entry into normal, quote-unquote, normal, normal society. Now, cult leaders are little more than con men or con women, you know. They're just playing the very, very <laughs> long, long con. And one of the ways in which they recruit members is by misleading or just flat-out lying to new members about what the true intentions of the group are. So notorious multi-level marketing groups such as Nexium are like prime examples of this. They draw members with the promise of like self-actualization, self-improvement, the wealth that comes from, you mm -hmm. know, improving your life. Uh, and new members will, s will sign up and hand over huge amounts of money, like tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars. But very few achieve this promised lifestyle. Most end up completely broke and reliant on the cult. Because these kinds of predatory businesses are starting to be recognized as cults even though they don't necessarily fit into that stereotype of like communal living and being completely removed from society. Mm. But by the time people are like, have handed over all their money, they're stuck. Yeah. Because even though it's not the communal living, physically isolated thing, part of like these like self-affirmation, self-improvement bullshit things is you cut out people who aren't ambitious enough for people who aren't willing to join the cult or people mm -hmm. who aren't you, basically who you can't recruit yeah. you know people who just aren't willing to better themselves because you deserve to be surrounded by people who are willing to better themselves yeah i so nexium is one of the things that i'm fascinated by and we're gonna do a whole episode about them but it mm. it is i think like the modern well, it is, like, one of the perfect examples of a modern cult in the sense of, like, doesn't necessarily look like it at first glance, uses mm -hmm. these different ways of, of pulling people in, but then when you drill down into, like, the various social circles or the various whatever, it's like, oh, shit, that's exactly what this is. <laughs> Yeah, so other methods of deception include using drugs, whether that be like consensual drug taking, which does happen, especially if you think of like the, the Charles Manson yes, totally. kind of, of cult where everyone was just off the tits all the time, or like drugging members as a way of brainwashing them. It can be like similar to like gaslighting them, or like as a way to gaslight them later by convincing them that what they experienced didn't really happen or it didn't happen the way they thought it did mm. um and basically anything to kind of make them question their own sanity and whether or not they you know like oh no it didn't happen how you think but i you can trust me i know yeah what happened yeah. um similarly some cults withhold food and water as a way of keeping followers in line because people like if you're permanently exhausted and on the brink of starvation you can't organize a revolt <laughs> yeah other ways of control involve like threatening people so especially as i said for people who you know 
grew up in the cult, joined as very young adults, or were born into it. They're kind of threatened with the horrors of the outside world. Like, you might be miserable here, <laughs> but you might be being abused or assaulted or starved on a regular basis, you know, living in squalor, unable to think or make decisions for yourself. But if you leave, the outside world is so much worse. Yeah. Um, the threat of violence from leaders is likely always there too. You know, if you break the rules of the cult, there'll be serious consequences. It might not be for you. It might be like, oh, well, if you break the rules, we're going to rape your daughter. Yeah, it's like a f- threat. Or chop your friend's hands off. It's that kind of, it's not necessarily a threat against you. It's like, this is what we're going to do to someone you yeah. love. It's putting that like responsibility on you. Yeah, which in some ways is like uh, a more, even more powerful form of control. So we've talked a bit about what a cult is and uh, how they're able to recruit people with their charismatic leaders and isolate them so they can't leave. Um, And now we're going to talk a little bit about what kind of people tend to join cults. So cults have been around for thousands of years, but in the more modern sense, over the past hundred years or so, uh, many cults have attracted followers during times of national or international crisis, such as the Vietnam War, for example. <laughs> now, although cults have existed everywhere in the world, they seem to be most common in the United States. Yay! Something I'm just so proud of. Thanks. Thanks, home country. But but it's because that you're all, like, um, freedom lovers. Yeah. Because your country at one point was so accepting of everyone and it was like the promised land, not the promised land, like a free country for everyone of any religion and everything like that. Yeah. That's why there's so many cults. That's why we got them. All the loonies. Because they've all been allowed to... Well, freedom of religion. I was going to say fester. (laughs) That's not the right word, but it is the right word. Yeah. It's it's, it's what I mean. It's not the right way to say no. it. Uh, but under like these freedom, like freedom of religion, freedom of expression laws, and everything like that, they've kind of been allowed to just, just exist. Yes. Yeah. In America for so long, and that's why there's so many yes. of them. Yes, and and you know, if you ask me, a lot of the uh, sort of high level religions in America could be considered cults, or could have been considered cults when they were started, but. The that Fox program actually looks at that as to to what extent, like we said before, every schism, every branch of religion, everything like that, at, when they first form, first break away, are considered cults. Yeah. And as one one of the contributors to that program says, it's a long sort of running joke in this um in like sociological anthropology area of study is like the joke is like cult plus time equals religion yeah totally just look at scientology oh straight up that's a cult everyone knows that yeah that's a that's a fucking cult but the the u.s government still gives them tax-free status any any religion that says a woman cannot scream during childbirth is a fucking cult that is my new barometer (laughs) Any religion that uh, sends people to a, a a bunker by the ocean and makes them scrub the floor with 
toothbrushes every day for 10 years is is a cult. Yet you never hear about Tom Cruise having to do these kind of things. Imagine that. Almost like if you got money. Yes, something like that. You don't have to do the grunt work. That's one of the best things about living in LA is that everyone has a Scientology story because the the like major church centers are all around like Sunset Boulevard and Hollywood and like downtown <laughs> LA. Like I was people Okay, come on, what's yours then? Well, you basically you're walking down the street and someone comes up to you with a book in their hand and they're like, oh, I have this really great book. You need to check it out. We, you should really come and 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 let me tell you all about this amazing thing. And it turns out it's the fucking, I don't even know what. Book of yeah, Scientology? Like, <laughs> I don't know what the actual, the full book is called. It's like, it's just like, no, please get the fuck away from me. You have crazy eyes. Okay, so one of the early books is called Dianetics. That's what it is, Dianetics. But they're another one that like the, very much build on the idea of like betterment and self-improvement and their their courses and stuff are like self-help courses mm -hmm. kind of thing. But like I've I had met people in LA who like had accidentally gone to Scientology like like recruitment meetings because they didn't understand what was happening or like and then also there were like sandwiches there so they just stayed <laughs> <laughs> didn't join the group but like stayed for but the meeting stayed for the food i mean that's how you get me into a cult sandwiches like, this is a giant pizza it is endless and it's yeah, yours just thank you, know, you just come and and worship our uh giant alien overlord xenu or whatever the fuck it is in Scientology. Great, great documentary and book actually going clear about Scientology if you want to know more about that. Mm. Yes, yeah, so, you know, over in the United States, you, we're definitely, we're doing things right. We got a plethora of cults. Uh, in the 1960s and 70s, many people were disillusioned with the U.S. government and the Vietnam War, which led to people of all ages turning their back on the government and kind of society in general. And this is one of the things that cult leaders exploit, people feeling lost or looking for some kind of purpose, community, and sense of belonging. Uh, according to the Tennessee State University paper on cults, the following people are the most likely to join a cult. Those with a high level of stress or dissatisfaction, who lack self-confidence, those seeking a sense of belonging or community, those seeking some kind of fulfillment that the cult claims they can provide. They may also be frustrated in their search for spiritual fulfillment through organized religion, and some people are just gullible, whereas others have a naive idealism or some kind of disillusionment with popular culture, politics, and current affairs, just like those disillusioned with the vietnam war and that is your whistle stop tour of what makes a cult a cult uh hopefully that's all made sense obviously there's so much more to how cults are formed and operate that we just don't have time to go into because we could make an entire podcast for the rest of our lives <laughs> about cults and still not be able to talk about every sort of facet of cults um, 
and the way they work. Yeah. Over the next month, went back to our usual format because this episode's been weird. Last episode was weird. <laughs> Before that, I was, you know, close yes. to maintenance <laughs> in the garage. I just, yeah, I just come up with a different kind of euphemism every time and see how freaked out people get. <laughs> like, I was closed for maintenance. What the fucking hell are you talking about? Oh, I was in hospital with an infection. Out of order. <laughs> yeah. Like, so we're going back to our usual format as of next week, where we'll look at a different cult each episode. And in doing so, we'll be able to sort of look a bit more in depth at these different ideas and concepts about the somewhat shadowy murky but shit insane world of yeah we're not gonna do the manson family we're not gonna do jim jones we're not gonna do branch davidians waco yeah don't even think we're gonna do children of god i don't think we are because i no i you didn't want to do yeah also like that's another one that's been done a lot there's they've been done a lot some of the things like uh People's Temple is just so horrific when you get down to Mm -hmm. it. Like, it's interesting from a psychology perspective, but when you think about the sheer death toll, like, to me, I I struggle sometimes with some of the stuff we cover because it's like, I have a fine line of what I can and can't, like, manage in the true crime world which i didn't really know Mm. until we started this but like certain things i'm just like and you don't always tell me what but i don't that's the problem is like i don't (laughs) i don't really realize it until we're like in the middle of an episode about mass murder or like someone who killed 47 people or something and i'm like oh my god So, like, certain ones like that, or, like, Heaven's Gate, like, uh, they're... I think I get Children of God and Heaven's Gate mixed up. Heaven's Gate is the... They're in, like, San Diego with the, like... It's it's another mass suicide one. They were in the, Mm. like, purple shrouds and... Yes. Um, So... Children of God was pedophiles, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Which... We looked at doing because there's a there's a Scottish connection there, and we we do have episode seventy coming up in this month, but uh, we're going to go a different route instead. <laughs> yeah. Um. the The only thing I really have to add because I couldn't be bothered to script it was, um, how we've seen like sort of frustration and disillusionment with politics in the last. I'd say like last decade at least. Oh, yeah. But very, very visibly since 2016, you had not only Trump, but you had Brexit mm-hmm. as well. Um, which you're all just reaping the benefits of. Left, right, and center. Yeah, zero points in Eurovision. Um, I mean, that's... Nobody <laughs> ever, like everyone in Eurovision hated know, us anyway. it didn't help. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I'm surprised we were even allowed in it this year. Oh, but you helped pay for it, so that's why you're allowed in. Yeah, so this, like, this has definitely helped, like, the rise of these, like, online Mm -hmm. cults. Because let's be honest, QAnon, Pizzagate, all that conspiracy bullshit is is very cult-like. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm guessing in, like, five, ten years' time, there's going to be, like, so much, like, like, academic 
um, interrogation of what's what's happened in in politics and in like the online sphere. Yeah, of like recent times. I mean, there is still like it is happening now, but I think there's going to be so much in academia about it in the next like decade because this this idea, like everything we've just talked about, about what makes a cult a cult, especially in the COVID age, has mm-hmm. changed so much. That's the thing. Like, it's not. You don't have to take someone out to a piece of land in the wilderness to isolate them. Mm-hmm. You can just, you know, keep them in their basement on their computer. Yeah, and if you're feeding them like Fox News, we're soon to get our own British equivalent of that. Yeah, uh, I think it's going to be called GB News. Um, if you're feeding them that constantly, and like I think it's called like Citizen News Networks or stuff, mm-hmm. like something like that, where it's like basically, f- it's literally fake news. It's not even it's Constant. not like proper journalism. It's yeah. just like extreme right wing, or usually extreme right wing, um, propaganda dressed up as like actual news. Yeah. And. And you say people are more iso- people are more lonely and isolated than they've ever been, even before COVID. Like 2017, 2018, it was like recognized as being like a massive social problem. Mm-hmm. Birth rates are declining, everything like, mar- like marriage is re- is declining, things like that. So loneliness and isolation was already a problem, and then the internet fixes that problem. Yeah, but then it also creates new ones. <laughs> definitely your internet communities are an echo chamber Mm -hmm. like i do it with like even like with facebook you know like people who you can't delete off of facebook because it'll cause problems yeah when we're allowed to speak to people in the real world again and it'll be like why did you delete me (laughs) and i'm like i see people like people posting i'm like oh fuck this hide from yeah mute for 30 days or whatever yeah yeah Yeah, it's led to a, a very widespread like splintering of society i think and 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 in a lot of ways we're no longer taught to like critically examine our own views or learn how to interact with people with differing views it's more just like well they're wrong delete yeah which has you know terrible consequences on both ends of the spectrum yeah, yeah. i remember um years ago so like maybe eight nine years ago like i used to have tumblr which i don't anymore um which i'm quite glad of because there's some very cultish things going on on tumblr <laughs> um but i remember just seeing this post and it was like i wish people had like an educate the ignorant not kill the ignorant attitude yeah this is one person on the internet like why do you have this like kill them attitude i think like cancel culture is very similar to mm-hmm. that like it's just i think that was the lead up to, to oh cancel yeah culture, like that, I think. yeah it's just like even if someone has makes a mistake even if they have like the perfect response they go on to educate themselves, go on to, you know, whatever is seen as the appropriate, like, mea culpa, there's always mm-hmm. going to be people, you know, 
needling at them and saying, yeah, but seven years ago, you made a mistake. So therefore, you are evil and are doomed to be evil forever and ever. And it's like, well, that's yeah. not how humanity works. <laughs> yeah. And and to then to then take that as like the end all be all example of someone's character is mm -hmm. so flawed and simplistic. And I think that uh, But that's that goes back to this like naive idealism. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Which is the you know, one of these these characteristics of, of people who tend to to be drawn to cults yeah yeah it's like a it's a desire to have things be neat and easy yeah. and like well if you join this group all your problems will be gone and you'll get eternal mm -hmm. salvation or whatever the fuck they're selling and like you'll be the best version of yourself ever and the mm -hmm. world will come to you and it's like well great who doesn't want that yeah but I'd quite like everything. I'd like all the good things in life, like all like a really nice house or like loads of cars and bikes and all that, because we know that's what I'm into. <laughs> and all the foreign holidays and everything. And I'd love that to all come to me without me having to get out of fucking bed. But it's not going to happen. Well, exactly. It's like, and no cult is ever going to be able to give me that <laughs> unless you're the one running it. <laughs> and we've both already made it clear we're not cut out for that. <laughs> no, it's just too it's too much admin. It really is. I can't. And too 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 it's much like, okay, sales. So we got we got so and so's life savings. Okay, where have we squirreled that? How have we laundered that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. But like, if we can sit here and say like, that's not realistic. Like for all those things mm -hmm. to magically land in your lap by just listen, like reading one book or listening to one person's teachings or whatever. But so many people believe it will or or yeah. they're led to believe it will for whatever and, different reason and and that's that's the other you know the the characteristic of the the cult you know uh charismatic charming leader is that they can very quickly identify what these because they're all vulnerable people yeah in some way or another yeah even like Tom Cruise is a member of Scientology. There's some vulnerability somewhere that got him in. Mm -hmm. You know, your people you know who went because there were sandwiches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, it appeals to some... something. It doesn't have to yeah. be big. It can be you're brand new in town and you don't have a lot of money because you moved to LA to become an actor or a screenwriter or whatever. And these people are offering you a place to to get out of the heat for two hours and free lunch. Why not? And then maybe some people, that's it. That's all. Some people, they're sucked in for the rest of their lives. Like, mm. so yeah, it's, it's clever. It is. But there's still far too much admin for my liking. Yeah, no, I'm... I don't have the energy for that. I'm sorry. It'd have to. It'd have to be like a small to mid-size cult. I don't like small to small to mid-size enterprise. I don't like people enough to start a cult. Like I don't want no, to but live. You get to have the nice house, and they all live on the shitty commune. No, I just like just stay away from me. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I'll be like the cult of one, <laughs> the cult <laughs> of me. 
yeah, cults. We're going to talk about them. We're going to, hopefully we're going to talk about some ones that either you haven't heard of or you haven't heard much of. Mm. Um, we're going to start, are we going chronologically? Um, let me just double check. We are starting with the oldest one, but then I think yeah. we're not really sticking with, with it. In. Oh yeah, we kind of go back, back in, t- back in time. We are crossing... We're crossing continents, though. Yes, crossing. Yeah, so we're not just doing uh, American cults, um, and we got some British. We got some some European. We even got some um, Asian. Asian. Cults. Yep. Canadian, kind of, with Nexium, yeah. like a little bit, um, or at least cross border <laughs> North yeah. American. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So you know, hopefully you'll you'll enjoy the, the theme. I don't know. I like these theme months. They're I do. They're fun. They're fun. Cause, and it it like gives us an opportunity to kind of tie the episodes together more than we usually get a chance to. Yeah. So yeah, you know, that's what we're doing this year. You can let us know if you actually like this or not. Like. Yeah, or tell us what themes you would like. Yes, yeah. Because we have a rough plan, but as but we, we can found change out a few it. weeks ago, plans change. Yeah. <laughs> Things can change, yeah. I think, what are the, some of the other themes to give people an idea? So, cult skyjacking. Oh, yeah. Which Taylor's really into I'm spies. So spies. Because we loved the uh, the Norwegian yes. episode we did. Um. We have a special theme for Halloween this year, but we're not telling you yet, because <laughs> it might change. Um, sports, we're going to do some sports crimes. Yeah, those are cool. Excited about. Uh, like, high-profile robberies. Yeah, like heists and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, award season, January, we're going to do Old Hollywood. Yeah. I like that. I'm excited about that one. So yeah, if any of those sound interesting to you and you have cases that you want to hear that fit into those categories, or if none of them sound interesting to you and you instead want us to do crimes about, I don't even know, other things, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, where you're like, obviously, we want to we want to talk about what you guys want to listen to. So yeah. Um, the more feedback we get from you, the more we can sort of tailor that to what you want to hear. So let us know. And yeah, stay tuned for more cults. Uh, if you like the show, please be sure to rate and review us on your podcast app, especially Apple podcasts and subscribe. So you never miss, uh, each new episode that comes out on Wednesday each week. And if you want to get some cool Square Mile merch, we have some awesome products with very Square Mile designs. And you can find those at the link in our show notes or on our website. If you'd like to help us cover the costs of making the podcast and help us invest in the future of the show, you can join our Patreon page. Uh, Tears start at just £1 per month. Every patron gets regular episodes a day early. Shout out on the show, priority case requests, and a lifetime discount on merch. And that's just for £1 a month. That's like £12 a year. Yes. 
That's like a handbag at Primark. Amongst other things at Primark. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to, to my head. What can I buy for £12? I feel like you can almost buy like a whole suit at Primark for £12. <laughs> you probably could. You can get, that's like a takeaway pizza. Yeah. It's not from Domino's. Yeah. It's from like, like that one Italian place down the road. It's from Mario's. Yeah. <laughs> and as the tiers go up, you can get even more, including bonus episodes, exclusive Money Can't Buy merch, and anything else we feel like doing. Oh, just fun stuff. Yeah. So check that out at patreon.com forward slash square mile of murder. Links are in all the usual places. Yes. So yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see you next week you. when, um, should we say, tell them what cult we're starting with. No, let it be a surprise. Okay. Well, you're going to have to f wait and find out, but I'll say it's a it's an older one that you might not have realized was a cult to begin with. So, mm. it's a good one. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.